Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 15 Jeremy was sitting on the edge of his bed, deeply engrossed in reading, when something yellow and fuzzy smacked him in the side of his face. He jumped and sputtered in surprise and dropped his book in the process. He shook his head and saw his sister leaning against the door frame, an oversized plastic bag hanging by her side and a smug expression on her face. He looked momentarily furious and reached over to grab whatever it was she had thrown at him, as if his intention was to throw it back, and this time much harder. He almost jumped out of his skin when he realized that the fluffy thing clenched in his fist was actually Mr. Fluffers. He sat frozen in amazement for a moment, his eyes staring deeply into the glass beads that served as eyes for the stuffed rabbit. Abigail reached silently into the bag, and pulled out Mix Up the Doggy, and smacked Jeremy in the face with him as well, partly to bring him to his senses, and mostly because she might not ever get another opportunity to do so. Her brother stared at her in astonishment, and for once in his life, he seemed to be unable to speak. Abigail reached into the bag again, closing her fingers around something that felt like Boo the Red Horse. She spoke calmly, and tried to stick to the high ground, as Timothy had suggested. Do you have any idea how much time, money, and effort could have been saved if you did not find it necessary to lie to your own detective? I didn't lie, Jeremy protested weakly, but they both knew it wasn't really true, and she threw Boo the Red Horse at his head and he caught it mid-air. They were all on the list. They were at the bottom of the list, Abigail howled, and the rest of the list was just padding so you didn't have to tell your sister that you wanted your bunny back. There was just a hint of mockery in her tone, which Timothy had urged her to avoid, but he only had fish, so what did he know? Jeremy looked sheepish. I spent a lot of time with these guys, he said. I've had them longer than we've had you. Well, you have them again, she said dumping the rest of the bag on her brother's bed. He smiled, and there was nothing forced about it, nothing held back. It was the open, honest smile of a little boy greeting old friends. Abigail scowled, because it seemed like the best way to keep from looking sentimental herself, which she had no interest in. Wow, they look great, Jeremy said. And it was true. They had all been cleaned and stitched where they needed it, with new buttons where they were needed, and possibly some fresh stuffing for Jimmy Joe, who looked fatter than he had in years. "'Did you do all of this?' he asked in amazement. "'That's right, Jeremy,' Abigail said sarcastically. "'I didn't just run all over town tracking down your precious childhood mementos. I also paused to launder and repair all of your dollies.' "'They aren't 
dollies, Jeremy muttered, but Abigail just ignored him. This is the work of a lady called Rhonda, who may possibly be an oversized elf, it's difficult to tell, Abigail said. The toy section of her store is overflowing with old friends looking for new friends, and they all get a facelift before they hit the shelves. She was so happy that someone was looking for these guys, she turned the whole section upside down to make sure that we found every single one. Jeremy frowned for a moment, looking at the pile of stuffed toys. He picked up a green duck. This one isn't mine, he said. Well, he is now, Abigail declared. Be serious, Jeremy said. I'm perfectly serious, Abigail said. You just adopted that duck. He and Jimmy Joe seem to have a thing going on. I couldn't separate them. That is your duck now. I suggest you name him Quackers, but it's entirely up to you. Jeremy looked skeptically at Quackers. I was paying by the bag, so it didn't exactly matter, she said. By the way, you owe me four dollars for expenses. Jeremy frowned. I gave you two tens for expenses after you got the comics back, he said seriously. Darn it, Abigail muttered. I was kind of hoping you'd forgot about that. Yeah, he said, holding out his hand. So I assume there's some change? Kind of, Abigail shrugged, pressing a red piece of paper into his hand. What's this? he said, unfolding the paper. It's your tax-deductible receipt, she said, for your generous donation. You gave them twenty bucks for a bag of stuffed animals? he wailed. Rhonda is not only a toy doctor without equal, Abigail said. She is also a champion fundraiser. And Consolidated Charities does a lot of good work in the community. Enough, enough! Jeremy waved his hands in surrender and turned back to look at the pile of toys on his bed. You did a good job, Abby, he said. My name is Abigail, she said firmly, but not angrily. Yeah he said, turning to face her, and looking like he was seeing her for the very first time. Yeah, I guess it is. He was quiet for a moment and picked up Mr. Fluffers, brushing the fur back away from the bunny's eyes. You know, I like these guys because they don't change, he said. Everything else changes all the time, and I, I want to. Change is good, but sometimes I get tired of it and... They stay the same, just the way things always used to be. I hated the idea of losing that. But I guess you're not going to stop changing just because I'm out of the room, are you? Abigail blinked and shrugged. She felt like there was something stuck in her throat, and her eyes felt like it was suddenly very dusty in here, and she was fighting hard to make sure that her brother couldn't tell. Jeremy nodded. You really did it, though, he said. I mean, I thought maybe you could find the bags of stuff in a warehouse somewhere, but it was broken up and sent all over town, and still you found everything. I wouldn't have known how to do any of that. You wouldn't? Abigail asked with a gleam in her eye. No, of course not, Jeremy said. You're a real detective, Abigail. I've never done anything like that before. Okay, okay, stop talking now before you ruin it, Abigail said, reaching into her pocket and pulling something out. What's that? Jeremy asked. It's Dad's old tape recorder, she said, pressing a button to stop the recording. I use it sometimes in casework. She rewound the tape just slightly 
and pressed play. I wouldn't have known how to do any of that, her brother's voice came out of the tape recorder. Abigail beamed and rewound it again. I am going to play this over and over and over, she said, pressing play again. I've never done anything like that before, the tape recorder said in Jeremy's voice. All right, enough, Jeremy snorted. You're a little brat, you know that? Always have been, she said proudly. Always will be. I guess some things don't change after all, Jeremy beamed. Yeah, she agreed. But if you call me Abby again, you'll live to regret it. Talk to the duck, her brother said, flipping quackers back in her face. Hey, watch it with your adopted duck or I'll sick Rhonda on you, Abigail laughed. So here's the real problem, Jeremy said, growing serious. Oh, good, Abigail said sarcastically. I can't wait to hear what the real problem is. What do we tell Mom? He said, looking worried. Oh, no, Abigail said. This is part of a range of services that I don't provide. I tiptoe around our parents' feelings often enough as it is. Come on, he protested. Help me out. Tell her they came home on their own, Abigail suggested with a grin. Abigail, be serious, he demanded. Oh, for Pete's sake, she said, exasperated. Don't say anything at all. Just give Mr. Fluffers a hug and shoot her some puppy dog eyes. She'll cry a little and you let her hug you and call you her jer bear. Then you tell her that you'll come back home again in two weeks and she'll be the happiest mother that ever walked the earth and she'll spend the entire Sunday dinner talking about how you're the best boy in the world. Haven't you been paying attention to how any of this works? This could be a profitable second business for you. Jeremy said, smiling. I guess it could, Abigail Brannigan said with a wicked grin. That'll be five dollars, please. You have been listening to Abigail Brannigan Takes the Case, written by Greg Taylor and read by Clarissa Dunnerlanden. This recording and the story and characters depicted within are the property of their author and protected by copyright. This story was originally presented by Decoder Ring Theater. Visit decoderringtheater.com. If you produce audio dramas, it obviously isn't to become rich and famous. You love the medium and you want to share your passion for theater of the mind. The Mutual Audio Drama Network is looking for you. Mutual presents audio dramas every day of the week, each with its own genre. Mystery, sci-fi, comedy, horror, all reaches of the imagination. It doesn't matter if you produced your shows years ago or are still cranking them out. Share them on the world's largest collection of modern audio drama and audio fiction. Give a listen at MutualAudioNetwork.com. And if you'd like to be a part of the excitement, with free access to all sorts of voices, sound effects, music, and more, just drop a line to mutualaudio at gmail.com. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Why not join us today?